The kakadu plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at and slash hypergig for details. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles, ready for next day installation, and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Nothing worse than a dead sneeze. Ugh. The sneeze that never was. It, it like hurts. <laughs> it hurts in your nose. When it, doesn't it, it doesn't hurt my nose, but it hurts me emotionally. Oh, you know, like I was expecting something, right? And just got uh, just the rug got pulled out from under me. <sighs> Happy birthday to me! Hey, today I'll say it. Nobody else is gonna. <laughs> today. Um, I'll be the first one. I'll wake up in the morning. I'll text myself. <laughs> Can feel great. Oh, cool. That takes the pressure off of me a little bit. Well, I mean, I'll I'll be um, doing it in lieu of hearing it from you. Right. Right. That's what I mean. The pressure's off. <laughs> <laughs> I now have no Except birthday responsibility. I'm kind of doing it passive aggressively. Like, yeah, having a birthday to me, me, I guess. you a chance to forget. So if you're going to do it for yourself anyway, <laughs> then. <laughs> what you need to do is wake up 45 minutes early mm. and be sitting at the side of the bed. Right. Uh, with a gift. Oh. And a hot cup of coffee. Oh. And, uh, I don't know, $25 in that's a card. It. Oh, all right. And say happy birthday. 25 bucks. That's easy. 
Plus the gift. I, I mean, the go gift has got to be expensive. Ew. You want me to go to the ATM? <laughs> you know, it shows that you care. <laughs> the gift a, the, the money doesn't matter. Drive to Publix. <laughs> but to I just want to put you through something for my birthday, you know? <laughs> Some people do you that. Put me through some shit every day. <laughs> hey. that be the one day? Hey. <laughs> do birthdays, like, how, how do you feel about birthdays? Do they, like, matter? Do you not care? Is it something you avoid? I mean, I think it matters a, a bit. It's like the one day you can be like, everyone, tell me that I'm great. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, you know, for my birthday this year, we were in Oklahoma and staying at the Hojo. That's right. <laughs> and for my birthday last year, we weren't, you know, like my birthdays just never really, the, the yeah. day of really never matters. Well, yeah. My, we my, always make it up later. Yeah. My birthdays have just had a bad luck streak the past couple years. That's it's true. March 10th. So in 2020, <laughs> um, you know, we couldn't yeah. celebrate. <laughs> we locked down on the 13th. <laughs> so there was no chance. So I was kind of like, whatever, maybe I'll be like a leap year person and be like, every few years, I'll just <laughs> make it a big deal. But <laughs> like when I turn 40, it'll be like a big problem for everybody. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> when you turn 40, uh, 11, 12 years from now. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Thanks, babe. Uh huh. Appreciate that. Yeah, because I'm younger than you and I'm 19. So tomorrow you'll be 19. Uh, I'll be. Yes. Thank you. Tomorrow I'll be 19. <laughs> to clarify. But no, I'm b- b- being between Thanksgiving and Christmas, you know, everybody, look, my sister's about to have a baby. It, it, mm-hmm. Look, just avoid this time of year. I love my birthday. <laughs> this is a great time. Maybe that's why us Sagittarius's are so aware of our Greatness. elevated presence <laughs> in the world. Um, oh my. Because we're surrounded by all this celebration, you know, oh. for our birthdays. Anyway, you're all invited to my birthday party. So come on out. Oh, shit. And right. uh, <laughs> <laughs> This is a bigger but, party but, than I but was first planning. You have to, <laughs> but first, you have to leave a five-star review on I, on Apple Podcasts. That's right. Print it out and bring it with you. <laughs> That's your invitation. As your ticket <laughs> into the party. Why should we just, just play the podcast at the party? Oh, we just have idea. that on instead of music. People will be like, I, it's like they're here, but we've actually left. <laughs> yeah, we'll just We're go. We're not at the party. <laughs> we'll go to a hotel. <laughs> Have a drink at the bar. But you can't have a drink. I have to buy your drink at the bar. Right, because I'm only 18. you're only eight, yeah. 19. Nin- well, yeah, I'll be 19. Oh, but thanks still. for reminding me. Jeez. <laughs> I know, you feel so old. <laughs> All right, well. Speaking of old. <laughs> speaking of old. <laughs> we got an old-ass story today. Uh, part two, if you yes. remember part one, or if you haven't heard part one of oh, the Emperor's One Song story, go check it out, because this is truly an epic historical tale of uh, heartbreak and mm-hmm. chaos and scheming <laughs> and all the good stuff we get from royal imperial families. Yeah. So when we last left off with Emperor Zhuangzi, he was secure in his power, and Li Sheng, his son with the consort Yang Guipan, was now the crown prince and heir to the imperial throne. Consort Wu, who tried to manipulate the line of succession by tricking the emperor into executing his own three sons, was dead and gone. And all this drama and chaos and death had left Emperor Zhuangzi depressed and his empire weakened. When he fell in love with a young woman named Yang Guifei, his whole empire started to crumble. So let us dive in and hear about the love story that toppled the Tang Dynasty. Let's do this. 
Hey there, friends, come listen well. Eli and Diana got some stories to tell. There's no matchmaking or romantic tips. It's just about ridiculous relationships. A lover might be any type of person at all. An abstract concept or a concrete wall. But if there's a story worth a second glance, we'll put it in a show, Ridiculous Romance. A production of iHeartRadio. So... We'll go back to the year 719, and this is about two decades before Consort Wu's death. And this is the city of Yangle, where a girl was born named Yang Yuhuan. And she would eventually be known as Yang Guifei, so we'll get to that name later. Mm-hmm. But in 733, when she was just 14 years old, she was married off for political purposes to a very special fella. His name was Li Mao. And if you remember from part one, Li Mao was the son of Emperor Zhuensong and Consort Wu. His mom was trying to scheme him into the line of succession by convincing the emperor that his own heir, Li Ying, was betraying him. But ultimately, Zhuensong did not make Li Mao his heir, instead choosing another son, Li Sushan. Right. The stew baby. The stew baby. Right. (laughs) Our friend, the stew baby. (laughs) So Consort Wu's dead. Li Mao is off and he married this girl, Yang Yuhuan. Now, Li Mao was not the crown prince, but he was titled the Prince of Shou. And so Yang Yuhuan became the princess of Shou. And as she grew up, she developed into a very curvaceous woman. Oh, she's thick. She's thick. <laughs> Which, according to Britannica.com, had been unpopular, but was becoming a more desirable look around this time. Uh-huh. I wonder if she, she said She really it. found the lightning in the bottle yeah, <laughs> for right. that one, I guess. Or if <laughs> yeah. she set that trend. Yeah, uh-huh. that makes people sense. People were like, oh, damn, what if people were curvy? <laughs> Actually, I like a little badonkadonk mm-hmm. in a tronkatronk. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> And Yang made it work because everybody thought that she was a total smoke show. Mm -hmm. They're like, thick thighs save lives. (laughs) (laughs) She's considered to be one of the four great beauties of ancient China. These were four women in China who were so beautiful that they changed the nation forever. Of course, their beauty and their stories have been largely exaggerated through centuries of legend. Uh, But Yang's, which was the most recent, is also the most well-documented and historically accurate. So what we know about her, uh, probably more truthful than the other three, who were from hundreds of years earlier, each of these four women have garnered a poetic idiom associated with them. They say our girl Yang Yuhuan, under her more famous name Yang Guifei, shames flowers. And it's said that the second century singer Diao Chan eclipses the moon. And in 50 BC, the musician Wang Jiaochun enticed birds into falling. And in the 7th century BC, it said the first of the great four beauties, Zishu, sinks fish. Oh. <laughs> does <laughs> okay. not, not quite have the same poetic I, I know. resonance. The story is that she would stand over a river and the fish would see her and become so bedazzled by her beauty uh-huh. that they would just sink to the bottom. They'd forget how to swim and sink. Wow. Yeah. I guess I, I would I would rather shame a flower, I suppose. <laughs> than kill than birds and fish. <laughs> kill birds and fish. Right. Like opposite Snow White stuff. <laughs> now, interestingly, I found the phrase, beauty is in the eye of the beholder, actually comes from a Chinese expression where they say, in the eyes of a lover, Zishu appears. Oh. So they're like, if you love someone, you will see her as Zishu, the most beautiful woman okay. in history. So your next Valentine, uh-huh. you say, girl, 
you're so beautiful. You could sink a fish and see what happens. <laughs> when I see you, I just think of dead fish at the bottom of a river. <laughs> you make birds fall out of the sky. There you go. I know we say ro- no romantic tips in our theme song, know, but that right? one's free. You can have that, that right there. <laughs> well, after Song's favorite girlfriend got him to murder his own sons and then died, he was pretty depressed, understandably. Mm-hmm. Now, Concert Wu's little puppet, Lee Lin Fu, we remember him, oh, he was our villain of the week. Yep, super schemy. He had been advising the emperor, and he was almost in real trouble because Concert Wu was his backup in, yeah. the, in the palace. But he found a report that said only 58 death sentences had been handed down that year. Mm. It was such a low number that he showed it to Song and said, Oh my God, dude, you're so great. You've made the empire so peaceful. We hardly even need death sentences anymore. Wow, you're doing such a great job. What a great guy. And you know, Song loves flattery, probably his big weakness. And he was like, oh, well, <laughs> me? Well, shucks, guys. I couldn't have done it without my chancellors, just mm-hmm. like you, Lin Fu. So he made Lin Fu into a duke a deputy military governor, and gave him an additional title as Minister of Civil Service Affairs. This is over the course of about two years. He just keeps earning titles. Li Lin Fu and other officials made a massive overhaul to imperial law, and soon he was so powerful that no official could even get a promotion without his recommendation. Damn. His spies within the eunuchs and the ladies-in-waiting kept Emperor Zhuensong distracted and they kept Lin Fu informed. Mm. Song had already gotten pretty tired of his imperial duties when Consort Wu was in his ear. But now, after her death, he was having a really hard time staying focused. Historians say in the 11th century work The New History of the Tong that Song brought tens of thousands of women to his court to entertain him. Mm. That's a lot. That's <laughs> a lot my birthday party. Oh, that's your birthday party. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, the Song kind of party. Uh-huh. But he was miserable. He let Li Lin Fu gradually become the most powerful person in the kingdom. His heart was growing cold. And though he sank into poetry and music and food and women, he could not find happiness. But then his son Li Mao arrived and presented to the imperial palace his wife, Yang Yuhuang. Empress Wen Song is like, yeah, yeah, sure, you've got a wife. Good for you. I'm sure she's very beautiful. <laughs> and he looks up and he saw Young and his heart exploded. He saw this thick queen. He was mm-hmm. like, yes, that's what I've been waiting for. This is the most beautiful woman he'd ever seen. So he just had this big old smile on his face that he couldn't control. And Yang is like, oh, gee, like, so nice to meet you, Emperor Swensong. Oh, it's such an honor. And he's like, please call me Bill. And she's like, Bill? And he's like, I don't care what you call me. Just whatever <laughs> just you want. Me. Just call me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure his son, Li Mao, is thinking like, okay, 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 like, uh-huh. awesome. I'm getting some good vibes between my dad and my wife here. Very cool, very cool, <laughs> very cool. Every son's dream. Mm-hmm. Well, Li Mao and Yang Yuhuan took off, but... People took notice of these super hard vibes happening. And Zhuenzong still had one good buddy looking out for him at court. His name was Gao Li Shu, and he was this older eunuch who had been friends with Zhuenzong ever since he was a boy. Like, this guy worked for his dad. Oh, right on, yeah. yeah. So 
Gal's like, bro, I have not seen you smile like that since college. (laughs) And if there's one thing that a wingman is good for, it's getting a man together with his (laughs) daughter-in-law. So he booked Yang a special session at the Jingwen Fountains in the palace, which is like this gorgeous bathhouse. And Xuanzang just happened to be there as Yang was getting out of the water. Legend says that his eyes sprung out of his head, his jaw dropped to the floor, his tongue rolled out like a red carpet, and then he shook his head and said, Auga! <laughs> That's historically accurate. That yep. is a historical record. <laughs> this is maybe more beautifully described in Bai Jui's legendary poem about these two lovers. So let's go down to Poetry Corner and hear a selection from Bai Juyi's Song of Everlasting Sorrow. If she but turned her head, there were cast a hundred spells. Beauties of six palaces vanished into nothing. It was early spring. They bathed her in the flower pool, which warmed and smoothed the creamy-tinted crystal of her skin. And because of her languor, a maid was lifting her out of the spa. This was when they first mated, the beginning of a saga. Her cloud-like hair was held by a gold hairpin, her face flowery. They spent the night under the warmth of a hibiscus canopy, but the nights of spring were short, and the sun arose too soon. Mm. Lovely. You know those where it's just like, oh, I can't believe it's morning already. Mm-hmm. This sucks. You got to go Let back. This night go on and on. Uh huh. You, you got a husband. You got to get back to. <laughs> my son. He's my son. <laughs> <laughs> After a night in the hibiscus canopy, of course, Yang is like, well, you know, I'm married to your son. (laughs) And he is like, oh, geez, Lee Mao, always cropping up, causing problems for (laughs) me. He's probably like, yeah, I used to be in love with your mother-in-law, too, but uh, let's not make it weird. We won't make it weird. (laughs) (laughs) We won't talk about that. But he's like, all right, Lee Mao, don't worry. I'll handle this. I got this. And a short while later, Yang and Lee Mao got an order. And it said, Hey, congrats on your marriage and everything, but you're going to have to divorce because actually Yang has to go be a Taoist nun. Oopsie, sorry, I don't make the rules. (laughs) Actually, I do. Thank you so much. Bye. (laughs) And she was given the name Taizhen, which means utmost truth. Or, according to Google Translate, too true. (laughs) (laughs) Your Taoist name is too true. That's so weird. Like, just, I'm going to break you up, so I'm ordering you to go be a nun. Mm. And now you have to get divorced. Oh, yeah, sorry about that. Not, you know, that's how it works. You uh-huh. can't be married to a nun. And <laughs> that that doesn't can, make any sense. That he can do that? That he can just tell someone you're a nun now? I know. Well, that's ultimate power, I guess. Yeah. Or yeah. utmost power. Utmost power. Two power. <laughs> True. And Xuanzang was worried that people would think it was weird if he forced his son to divorce his wife and then immediately made her a consort in the palace, <laughs> you know? So he buffered it with this nun thing, Oh, uh, you know, try to be like, well, you're going to go be a nun now and then wait for people to kind of forget. Oh, yeah. Let he the did wait. Guy down. Yeah. And he waited five years she spent wow. in that Taoist temple. And then he felt like things had cooled off enough. And just to cover his bases, he sent Li Mao another wife, just sent a woman to him and was like, here's someone for you to marry. <laughs> and then he's he's like. Uh, totally unrelated to that, uh, Tai Zhen, you actually aren't a nun anymore now. You're going to be a consort. In fact, you're my favorite consort. You're now known as Yang Guifei. 
Guife was the highest title for a consort under Empress. Mm. It was the same title that Wu held, Consort Wu. Oh, right. Sure. So Yang Guifei enters the palace as his consort, no longer a nun, mm-hmm. no longer married to Li Mao. No longer his daughter-in-law. Yeah, just a just a little switcheroo. <laughs> He's like, I gave you another lady. What do you want? Yeah. And the guy's like, is she one of the four great beauties of ancient uh, for China? For real, Li Mao, feeling a little slighted, I'm sure. But of course, Xuanzang has been so distracted with this nunnery business. Mm-hmm. How could he possibly have been an effective emperor during all this? Well, actually, spoiler alert, he wasn't. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he was not for... very in control right now. Who was running the show? Well, come on, everybody. You know who. It was Lee Lin Fu. Lee Lin Fu. That Weasley bastard. And one of the first things that Lee Lin Fu did was crack down on criticism. Previously, officials were free to make proposals and comments, but now they weren't allowed to speak up, or Lin Fu would say they were undermining the will of the emperor. Classic royal advisor move, right? Oh my god. Like, hate you, that. You can't talk to him. He told me what to say, and he said, you need to keep your mouth shut. I hate that so yeah. much. It's like, any criticism can't be treason. That does not make sense. Right. Now, if you remember, in part one, when Song was killing it, he had really cracked down on aristocrats buying political power. And it really helped, like, usher in a golden age yeah. and everything. But now, with Lin Fu's influence, the aristocratic party had firmly retaken control. Mm. But there was another guy slowly creeping through the ranks. His name was An Lushan. And this guy, somehow, was even trickier than Li Lin Fu. We will learn more about him right after these words. Today, I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm JB Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward, inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig for details. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. 
It took 11 years to get to the sale. The NYX anniversary sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super-comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks. Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Welcome back to Poetry Corner as we hear more of the Song of Everlasting Sorrow. The Emperor neglected the world from that moment, lavished his time on her in endless enjoyment. She was his springtime mistress and his midnight tyrant. Though there were three thousand ladies, all of great beauty, all his gifts were devoted to one person. Her sisters and her brothers all were given titles, and because she so ill-mined and glorified her clan, she brought to every father, every mother through the empire, happiness when a girl was born rather than a boy. Oh. Wow. That's they, really something right there. Yeah. They saw Yang Guifei and they were like, maybe women are useful. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if she fucks the right person, we could all be hell yeah. all the way up. <laughs> Now, before the break, we mentioned An Lushan, mm -hmm. and he was descended from Turkish and Iranian ancestry, and his people had been going through some real strife right around the same time that Emperor Zhuensong came to power. In Zhuensong's early awesome days, when he was doing a great job, mm -hmm. he provided a lot of opportunities for non-Han Chinese people to come in and make a living in the Chinese army. The Hans were like the Eastern Chinese natives, mm -hmm. right? Now, An Lushan, among others, had come to find a better life in China and working for the military. And this guy did okay for himself. He was aggressive and sometimes disobedient. And at one point, when he disobeyed orders and got a whole squadron of his own men killed, Oof. he was actually set to be executed. But he was also pretty effective, so his general didn't really want to execute him. So he sent him to the palace to Emperor Zhuensong to see what he would do instead. <laughs> kind of like, you go to the principal's office. I don't want to punish you myself, but we'll see what happens. Go ask your mother. Yeah, pretty much. Zhuensong was already a little checked out at this point with Consort Wu in his ear. So he's like, uh, whatever. I mean, yeah, the guy seems cool. Don't kill him. Just strip his titles and put him back to work. Mm -hmm. So that's what happened. Lu Shan went back to service. He was a lot smarter this time around. And he rose the ranks quickly. He was also a very big dude. Like, huge. Mm. 
Historian Charles Holcomb wrote that horses died from his sheer weight and only the strongest could carry him. Wow. But he used it, though. His superiors thought that he was obese, so he wouldn't eat in front of them. And that made them think that he was extremely disciplined. Others found him intimidatingly enormous. Mm -hmm. So I imagine he just like bulked around like, yeah, yeah. keep that up. And then other times he used his fatness to deliberately play the buffoon. And that made people really love him. They think he was a jolly old bear. Uh They would let their guard down. Right. So he was using it really effectively, depending on what you thought of him. He was physical appearance. Yeah. He was so good at like manipulating what people thought of him. Yeah. For different situations. I want these people to think I'm hilarious Mm -hmm. and silly and goofy and I'll do pratfalls. Yeah. I'll be like, look at my big belly. I'm so funny. (laughs) And other guys, he would just like stand over and they'd be like, you're you're 350 pounds of person. I can't do anything uh-huh, to you, you yeah. know, and that's very scary. Mm-hmm. Now, Li Lin Fu, our squirrely little bastard, was basically <laughs> running the empire now. And he liked what he was seeing in this young Lu Shan guy. Now, Lin Fu didn't want to appoint native Han Chinese generals because he was afraid they would rise the ranks and rival his own power. Mm-hmm. He knew that if he promoted foreigners, there was always something he could use against them. So they could mm-hmm. never really overpower him. Xenophobia mm-hmm. as a weapon, weaponized xenophobia. Exactly. So he saw An Lushan and he was like, I'm going to help this guy rise the ranks. Mm. Various military conflicts were erupting all over. The emperor was very distracted. Uh, corruption was rampant at this point. And more military conflicts were breaking out all the time at every border of China. But Lushan was proving himself time and time again. Leland Fu would invite him to the palace regularly. And little by little, Lu Shan started to ingratiate himself to Emperor Xuanzang, as well as his new favorite consort, Yang Guifei. Yang, now in her mid-twenties, she was a talented singer and dancer. Xuanzang is now about 60 years old, and he was a skilled musician. And together, they created the Rainbow and Feather Garments Dance, which is still performed today. You can find videos of it on YouTube. It's beautiful. But a year or so after the emperor stopped her from becoming a nun and invited her in as a consort, it starts to become a little more clear why Yang went through all that stuff in the first place. You know, she marries this prince. She has to divorce him and go live as a nun for five years. Like, what's, you know, does she have an end game in mind, maybe? And you see what happens. She was immediately elevated to the top consort position. That put her in the same position that consort Wu was where everyone in the palace is like bowing to her, treating her like the empress, even though she's not the empress. And all of Yang's family members started getting elevated positions in the government and the military. Uh, Her sisters were all made ladies. Uh, Her brothers were given princesses to marry. Parents empire-wide were like, wow, turns out women can be valuable. (laughs) What a surprise. Who knew? So her bringing her Yang family all up into power It definitely rubbed some feathers. Like, there was a lot of history with the Yang family throughout various previous empires, all the way back to Wu Zetian and before. Just, you know, there was already drama with the Yangs, is all Mm. I'm saying. And one of her cousins was named Yang Guzheng. This guy was a gambler and a lush and kind of a loser, ultimately. But he was a decent financial administrator. Yang Guifei got her cousin Guzheng a position as a chancellor. Very high-ranking position, yeah. And Emperor Xuanzang really came to trust him. But this guy was just as sneaky as Li Lin Fu and all the rest. Every year on the seventh night of the seventh lunar moon, for the festival of the cowherd and weaver maid, 
Xuanzang would pledge his eternal love to Yang Guifei. Mm. Festival of the Cowherd and Weaver Maid. That's awesome. We have like Fourth of July. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> no, the, the, this festival is actually really interesting. It's there's these two stars in the sky that are normally separated by the Milky Way strip, going right in between them. No, oh. and then I guess seventh night of the seventh lunar month or whenever this happens, these two stars come together on one oh, side of it, so they're not being cute. separated anymore. So it's this whole lovers' holiday. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. I guess the cowherd and the weaver maid were also lovers. Yes, and I believe they were, you know, separated by something. You know how it is. (laughs) (laughs) Something. So that became their night to declare their eternal love for one another. Mm -hmm. And they vowed they would be together in all future lives. Whether they were birds or plants, they would be side by side. Mm -hmm. But one night, not during the festival, but when they had made some plans to enjoy the full moon, perhaps under a hibiscus canopy, <laughs> right. a bottle of wine, you know, sexy times, Xuanzang didn't show. He was at some big party with a bunch of other ladies. Oh, no. So young Guifei just started drinking by herself. We know how that goes. Hours went by. He kept partying. She kept drinking. So when he finally shows up, she let him have it. She's like, excuse me. I am a thick queen and I will not be ignored for a bunch of skinny bitches in the imperial area. I'm going to go to this bathhouse. You can watch, but you can't touch. How about that? Oh, damn. <laughs> well, Xuanzang don't like being spoken to like that. And he was probably also real drunk, partying with his ladies all night. So he got real mad back at her and told her, well, fine, if you don't like it, you're going to have to get the hell out and go live with one of your cousins instead. Ah. And she says, fine, I will. (laughs) And he said, yeah, because I said so, not because you want to. And she's like, no, I'm going because I want to. (laughs) Not because you said so. Uh Uh-huh. So she packed up all her shit. She moved out. Well, the next day, Xuanzang, you know, light of day, super bad hangover probably. (laughs) He was inconsolable. He was apparently just in a really shitty mood. He wouldn't eat. He was yelling at everybody. And he was feeling like a big piece of shit because he was a big piece of shit. Wow. Gao Lishi, his eunuch friend, uh, who was, you know, trying to hold things together, he went to him and he said, hey, uh, maybe you want to send her something nice? And Juan Song <laughs> was like, yeah, I probably should do that. And he like <laughs> packed up a bunch of fancy food and sent it to her and like a bunch of the treasures and stuff that she'd had in her room here mm. just starts shipping out gifts to make her feel better. And when Gaulisha was like, do you, do you want to maybe do you want to maybe ask her if she wants to come back? Xuan <laughs> Song was just like, yes, please, please come back and like brought her back to the palace for good. <laughs> Gao Lishi, what a good wingman. Right. <laughs> like, well, you want to maybe like say you're sorry? Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> you want to come back? Okay. Let me go get her. <laughs> well, from that point on, she's even more favored than before, if that's possible. Xuan Song claimed to love her more deeply than ever. She had hundreds of laborers sewing fabrics for her. Xuanzang had horses race through the night to bring her fresh lychee before they spoiled. Anyone who came to the palace had better not show up without a tribute for Yang Guifei. And that included a lot of treats and treasures from Mr. An Lushan, that big corpulent guy from the military. Mm. He is always coming around the palace. Just sweet-talking the emperor, passing along fancy gifts to him and Yang Guifei. He knows how to grease the wheels. Uh-huh. And she loved this guy. He would come in, do his dopey fat guy routine. She thought he was just a big, funny teddy bear. Right. Because, like we said, he 
knew who he needed to like him and he knew how to play different people's expectations. Mm -hmm. And I remember he was also a foreigner and he also played that up, especially to the emperor. He often told the emperor things just like, oh, I'm just I'm just a big, dumb barbarian. I don't understand your clever, fancy ways. (laughs) And Xuanzang is just like, you are the cutest. I love you. You're the (laughs) best. Come on back here. He called himself a barbarian all the time. One time, I like this story, he refused to bow to the crown prince, Li Sushun. And everyone was like, uh, what you doing, buddy? And he was like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm just a barbarian. I don't understand what you guys do around here. And the emperor said, well, that's my son. He's the crown prince. When I'm gone, he'll be emperor. And Lu Shan said, I didn't think anyone but you could be emperor. Oh, and of course, when Song is uh, just like, "Oh, you, you're the best, my that is guy." So funny, you think I'm gonna live forever? Oh. I love you. Yes, he played it up. Mm. So one time, when Lu Shan was meeting with Young Guifei, he asked if she would be his adoptive mother, and she was like, "Oh my God, that is adorable. <sighs> I love it. Yes, let's do that. I've got a plan. We just got to convince the emperor mm-hmm. that this is cool. But don't worry." She got all her ladies together and she brought him into the women's quarters. And the emperor was walking by and he heard all these giggles coming from the women's quarters. So he pokes his head and he's like, hey, uh, what's going on in here? What's everybody laughing at? (laughs) And Yang Guifei's attendants turn to him and they say, oh, emperor, consort Yang has given birth and she's just washing her baby. And Emperor Xuanzang's like, what the fuck are you talking about? She (laughs) She was pregnant, pregnant, right? (laughs) And he goes in and they all step, they all part. Mm -hmm. And sitting there on the floor is An Lushan, dressed in nothing but this giant diaper that they wrapped (laughs) around him. And Yang Guifei is standing behind him, like scrubbing his shoulders. And Emperor Xuanzang sees this and just busts out laughing. I love it. The funniest thing he ever saw. Oh, my God. And Yang Guifei's like, isn't he cute? I'm going to adopt him, okay? <laughs> and Xuanzang is just laughing it up. He's like, yeah, love it. Go for it. Get a little life into this palace. <laughs> and Lu Shan gets up and he bows first to Yang Guifei and then to the emperor. And he says, quote, barbarians bow to mothers first before fathers. And Xuanzang like wipes a little tear from his eye and he's like, father oh, my son and he just is like this is the greatest day of his life <laughs> you think i'm your father <laughs> that is so cute you uh-huh. are hilarious i've oh only got God. 38 other sons i know, you know? right <laughs> i heard this story first from noble blood oh yeah such a great podcast Dana Schwartz. yep and she recounted this story and she's like a lot of historians write about it very seriously like mm. she had him in a diaper and that meant that she was trying to say or she was trying to do or the emperor was and Dana Schwartz was like you know that that they're human right and they just make jokes they goof it's around. just a joke yeah. they're just goofing around there's nothing like <laughs> there's nothing serious going on here yeah, it's a very it some, unserious moment right this ceremonial tribute this weird cultish metaphor like yeah, it wasn't any of like that. that no it's just it was just a big joke <laughs> they around. thought it was funny and i really liked that about yeah. her i think it's smart to think you know remember that in history you're talking about people yeah. and they're we make a fart a fart joke is like the earliest recorded joke. Right. So don't worry. People love goofing. <laughs> We'd be goofing. Uh-huh. But even though it felt like the best day of the emperor's life, things would only get worse from here. Mm. And we'll hear it all in the thrilling conclusion coming up right after this. 
Today, I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles, ready for next day installation, and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. It took 11 years to get to the sale. The NYX anniversary sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Welcome back to Poetry Corner, where we'll conclude a song of everlasting sorrow. A breeze in her gauze, flowing with her movement, as if she danced in rainbow and feather garments. So delicate her jade face, drowned with tears of sadness, like a spray of pear flowers veiled with springtime rain. She asked to thank her love, her eyes gleaming. 
he whose form and voice had been strange to her ever since their parting. Her joy had ended in courts of the bright sun. Moons and dawns were long in Fairy Palace. But when she turned her face toward the earth and tried to see the capital, there was only fog and dust. Uh-oh. Foreboding. Mm-hmm. So it's 7.52. The self-proclaimed barbarian An Lushan is the adoptive son of Yang Guifei. Emperor Zhuensung has built him his own mansion and spared no expense. Oh, yeah. It's his son, after all. Gold staircases, jade panels on every wall, just like beautiful place. Surely, carved yeah. panels. Yeah, oh, yeah. Stuff, yeah. Ivory. He also made Lushan Prince of Dongping which was the first time he made someone a prince who was not his son by birth. Mm-hmm. Lu Shan had some real oh, yeah. sway over these guys. Yeah, even like uh, Yang Guifei's brothers who married princesses Weren't were not princes. made princes. Mm-hmm. You know, they were just princesses' husbands. Not a bad thing to be, I no, imagine. No, I consider myself a princess's husband. <laughs> Aw, thank you, babe. Yeah. You don't really get anything good out of it, I guess. No, nothing at all. Maybe one day. I just have to, you know, be reminded that my wife's a princess. That's right. It's a lot of work. That's right. Mm-hmm. You do a great job. It's the work you were born for, <laughs> <laughs> in my opinion. <Wow. laughs> oh, geez. I always knew my life meant something. <laughs> now, Yang Guifei's cousin, Yang Gujong, remember that gambler that she got a chancellorship? He kind of sucks, <laughs> but he's sort of effective. He is locked in a power struggle with Li Lin Fu. Mm. And Gao Lishi, the eunuch, is trying to hold everything together and keep Zhuensong both informed and happy, which is not an easy job. Oh, yeah. And at this point, Zhuensong is just like, I honestly don't want to hear about it. He told Gao Lisha that, like, I'm old. I'm leaving all these military matters to my generals and the state matters to my chancellors. You know, mm-hmm. just let me know if I need to know anything. But I don't. But I don't. <laughs> now, Lin Fu at this point had gotten so powerful that he now also had a lot of enemies. Mm-hmm. And he knew it, too. He was starting to get kind of paranoid because he had basically been playing whack-a-mole trying to keep people that he was afraid of from rising to power. Mm-hmm. So he'd be like, I don't like the looks of that guy. Don't give him a promotion. I don't like the looks of that guy. Keep him down. And he'd done that so much that, of course, some of them had slipped through. So now he's got people rising to power that he had already actively worked against. Oops. Now, Leland Fu was living in extreme luxury He had one mansion in the capital city, and he had one out in the country. He had 25 sons and 25 daughters. How'd he manage that? Oh, well, he had a huge group of concubines. I just, no, I just meant the exact. Oh, right, the (laughs) balance. That's pretty incredible. (laughs) Maybe they started to get off balance, and he was like, "Uh uh-uh. Get rid of that 26th one. Oh, geez. I was thinking maybe, no, he was more like, I better have another kid so I can try try again. Oh, I see. Let's see what happens. And then he also, of course, his sons-in-law all had positions in the government. His sure. buddies were all in government. Like, he had his allies rise into power with him, of. right? But Yang Guizhong, Yang Guifei's cousin, was also working to undermine Li Lin Fu. And, of course, he had the emperor's favor because the emperor's girlfriend was his cousin. Mm-hmm. And Li Lin Fu's allies started randomly getting demoted. Uh-oh. And this, of course, made Li Lin Fu lose power. Then, some of Li Lin Fu's buddies tried to start a rebellion. And Li Lin Fu wasn't involved, but he was associated with them. Right. And, of course, who crushed this rebellion but Yang Guizhong. So the emperor goes to Li Lin Fu and he's like, uh, hey, Li Lin Fu, these buddies of yours mm-hmm. that just tried to rebel against me? 
And Lin Fu, he tries to deny it. He's like, no, no, I, I don't know them. Who are they? I've never seen them before in my life. <laughs> and he's like, well, you know, I was only friends with his brother and he was only kind of involved. He's not so bad. Anyway, he's just floundering. He's mm-hmm. stammering. He can't really defend himself. So he says, hey, you know what? Actually, I'm getting older. I think it's a point in my life where I- I'm going to stay chancellor, but I will resign my military title. And I'm going to go ahead and hand that title over to, um, I don't know, how about An Lushan, your adoptive son that you love so much? He's pretty great. Love yeah. him. And the emperor is like, oh, that's good move. I like you, Li Lin Fu. You're safe for now. Mm. Then Li Lin Fu became very sick over the coming months. And a sorcerer told him that if the emperor looked upon him, he would be cured. Wow. Modern medicine. Pretty sweet. <laughs> I mean, if you if you told anyone else in China, that might be like, well, great. I how the how the hell am I supposed to get yeah. that? But Li Lin Fu's like, oh, I know that guy. <laughs> Lucky me, I got I got his number saved in my phone. <laughs> I happen to know that guy. But while he was sick, another rebellion broke out from a guy that he had helped come to power. Mm. So when Xuanzang considered going to see Li Lin Fu to try to heal him. The entire staff of the palace was like, probably a bad idea. Right. Uh, he's kind of guilty by association. Yeah. You should not like, he has be buddy the buddy with this guy. Worst friends in exactly. China. Yeah. Right? <laughs> you can't trust him. Well, and they think, you know, that the accusation is he was involved. It's sure. one of his friends. So. Right. So instead, they had Li Lin Fu brought to a courtyard where Zhuin Sung could just look down on him from a tower. Mm-hmm. Uh, spoiler alert. Did not heal him or make him any better oh, or no. have any effect whatsoever. What is what are you? You're telling me <laughs> that just having some guy stare at you is not an effective <laughs> treatment for a serious ailment. I wonder if Leland Fu was like, if he just come down the stairs. I know, right? It would have worked. You can never convince me it wouldn't have. <laughs> so he's still real sick. He's like, uh oh, the end is near. You uh-huh. know. So Yang Gujong went to see Lin Fu on his deathbed, basically. To, like, take one last look. Right, at his, at his bitter rival throughout <laughs> life. And Lin Fu's like, oh, my old friend. I, we've had our differences. <laughs> Whatever. Very sweet talking to him. Uh-huh. But I can count on you, can I, to just make sure my name and my family are taken <laughs> care of <coughs> after I'm gone. I love this idea. Like, <laughs> we were, we, but we were friends. I mean, I know we were trying to kill each other all the time, but. It was, we were just kidding around, right? Yeah, you're cool. We're, we're we buddies. know how the game is played. Yeah. <laughs> Mutual yeah. respect and so on. Yeah, we're on. like Batman and Joker, you it's and me. It's like, yeah. you know, we need each other. <laughs> Without one, the other couldn't, you know, you get it. <laughs> so I can count on you, right? To just like take care of shit after I'm gone, you know? And young Gujong is like, oh yeah, old buddy, don't you worry. I will make sure your name and your family are super taken care of. <laughs> and Lin Fu was probably like, Huh, that's kind of a weird way to put that. <laughs> and then died in late 752. <laughs> right. yeah, I love that. His final words were, wait a minute. <laughs> uh, can you, you say, say that with a different tone? <laughs> it's not comforting. <laughs> well, Emperor Xuanzang, of course, bestowed all kinds of honors on his guy, Li Lin Fu, after his death. He gave him posthumous titles and awards and all this stuff. He ordered a grand funeral with imperial guards and all the fancy bells and whistles. 
big parade, Macy's Day floats of Leland Fu's family members floating down the streets, you know. <laughs> wow. Uh, marching bands. Uh, Fireworks. Mariah Carey was there. Wow. Just a whole big event. Anderson Cooper. Yeah, Anderson Cooper. <laughs> and Hanging out, recording. Andy Cohen. Cohen. Getting drunk. To say Andy Dick. I'm like, no, it's not Andy. Definitely, definitely not, not Andy Dick. Dick. No one would watch that. <laughs> Nobody wants to see that show. <laughs> but Gu Zhang went to the emperor and said, hey, uh, you know that Li Lin Fu was part of both those rebellions, right? <gasps> no. And Xuan Zong is like, okay, I've heard it all before, but I, I can't really believe you. I don't know if this is true. And Gu Zhang says, oh, well, actually, I brought a second opinion with me. Uh-oh. And he's got none other than An Lu Shen that he convinced to corroborate the stories. An Lu Shen goes in and is like, yeah, Li Lin Fu was trying to rebel against you, he says. Oh, damn. And that's his adoptive son. That's his big teddy bear boy. So he's like, oh, if you say so. My teddy bear boy. He's like, but are you really sure? I mean, you guys both would have reason to speak against him. And Gu Zhang says, oh, well, I got a third opinion here. And he brings in one of Li Lin Fu's sons-in-law, oh, who pops up and is like, "Yeah, that's true. He, he was rebelling to me about against it you." Thanksgiving, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so before the funeral could happen, Xuan Song ordered that Li Lin Fu's casket be split open. All his honored jewels were stripped from his body, and he was transferred to a regular commoner's casket, just a pine box, and he was given a regular boring funeral. Damn. Now, everybody hated Li Lin Fu. I mean, everybody knew this guy was the absolute worst. But a lot of people knew that this was an outright lie, that Lin Fu was not involved in any rebellion. And they kind of thought this was a pretty, pretty dirty to do this to a dead man after he's gone. Yeah, kind of feels like he got what he deserved a little bit. I mean, but... yeah, you know, you never get in trouble for the crime you commit. It's always they get you for something else. Get you for something else. Yeah. But hey, they uh, they Al Caponed him. Oh, yeah, yeah, they sure did. Mm-hmm. They sure did. So Yang Guzhong took over Li Lin Fu's position, uh, of course. Of course. Kind of the point. Uh-huh. But by this time, Lu Shan had accumulated three frontier provinces under his command. He was the single most powerful general in the Chinese military. And even though he had teamed up with Yang Guzhong against Li Lin Fu... They were actually bitter rivals. That was sort of like a, the enemy of my enemy is my friend <laughs> kind of situation. Uh-huh. It was a very temporary alliance. Gu Zhang knew his best place to attack Lu Shan was at court. So he talked a lot of shit. And in retaliation, Lu Shan kept building up his forces, building, mm. building. Gu Zhang could see this, started to get a little worried. He's like, uh-oh, this guy's got a lot of folks. So in spring of 754, he pulled his favorite move. He went to Emperor Zhuanzong and said, listen, I hate to say it about your teddy bear boy, but he's definitely trying to start a rebellion. And he told the emperor that if he summoned Lu Shan to court, Lu Shan would not come. Mm. And I don't know if he thought this was true uh, because this is a big gamble. Right. But Zhuanzong sent Lu Shan an invite to the capital city of Chang'an. And Lu Shan called Gu Zhang's bluff and did show up. Oh. He walks in. He's like, what's up? What's up? Why'd you call me? What's going on here? I got a, I got a letter that said I'm supposed to come here quickly. Mm-hmm. What y'all need? Uh, a rebellion? Excuse me? <laughs> me? Oh, my <laughs> God. I have never in my life. I am 
heartbroken that anyone would suggest that. That I'm is your diaper outrageous. boy. Right. <laughs> don't you remember all the good times we had? Look at me. I'm just a dopey barbarian. I don't know nothing about no rebellion. And Song is like, that's it. I am sick of hearing all these rebellion rumors. I will never believe another accusation against my boy Lushan. Oh. He's the man, and I'm not, I don't want to hear it. Don't even tell me this shit. Even Zhuanshan's own son, the crown prince Li Sheng, was a little worried about Lu Shan and all the power he was amassing. I mean, after he was adopted, he amassed a force of 200,000 people. Oh. Like, he had, the army was basically his at this point. Mm -hmm. There was some Imperial Guards out there, but he ran the show. Yeah. So he's like, if he decided to, he could do yeah. it real quick. Yeah, for real. And why is he building that force mm -hmm. in the first place? Xuanzang even considered making Lu Shan a chancellor during this <laughs> visit, just to show him, like, I'm sorry I even accused you. Right. But Gu Zhang talked him out of at least doing that. When Lu Shan left the city, Xuanzang's eunuch buddy, Gao Li She, told him, you know, your boy was kind of grumpy when he left. Mm -hmm. I kind of wonder if maybe he heard about the chancellor thing and that you decided not to do it, and he's kind of mad about that. Piss. Yeah. But at this point, Emperor Xuanzang is 24-7 hanging out with Yang Guifei. Mm -hmm. And he left all control to his chancellors and his generals, right? So they're all stabbing each other in the back too much to do any good. Right. Lu Shan even asked Xuanzang if he could replace all his Han Chinese generals with non-Han guys. Oh. Now, to everyone else, that was a clear sign of building a rebellion. Right. Probably that weaponized xenophobia coming back. Exactly, exactly. I mean, I'm I'm removing all the native Chinese generals here and I'm replacing them with people from outside China that I like, you know, right. my Who friends. have very no, no reason to be loyal to yep. you. Yeah. Yep. But when they tried to bring up their concerns to Xuanzang, he was just like, I don't want to hear it. La, 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 la. Okay, buddy, my teddy bear boy, you do whatever you want. Wow. And Yang Guzhong, who had been failing spectacularly yeah. lately, he was yeah. losing all kinds of military conflicts at various borders, probably a little worried about his own position. Uh -huh. But he seemed to think that he could take Lu Shan as long as he didn't have the emperor's backing. Right. So Guzhong's like, I've got to drive a wedge between these two. So he tried to goad Lu Shan into starting his rebellion early. Mm -hmm. And while Lu Shan was at his home in another city, Gujong arrested and executed a bunch of his staff members at his mansion in the capital for totally made-up crimes. Oh, man. Fake shit. Yeah. Yeah. Fine. I'll go after your house. Okay. That's pretty dark. I'm I mean, going to really piss you off. Right. It's all worked up. Obviously, we have to skip over so much of the power struggle between these right. two here because it ain't part of the ridiculous romance. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, uh, but it is just chaotic watching... Gujong is so wrapped up in his own power struggle, a lot like Li Lin Fu was, but he wasn't as good as Li Lin Fu mm. at maintaining all his plates that he had spinning in the air. And he had like decimated the economy, the military, like all for his own gain. He just let things crumble all around him. And of course, the emperor was completely checked out. Right. It was just everybody. It was just a grab bag for power at this point. Everybody was just reaching in and taking whatever they could. There was no cohesion in the government or the military. Mm -hmm. Very few people were trying to hold it together. And most of them, you know, good guys were all getting taken out. Right. Um, by, by these bad guys. So it was getting pretty ugly. And finally, in 755, from a combination of factors, from the fact that the empire was weak, mm -hmm. uh, from the fact maybe that he had been dismissed as a chancellor and he did hear about that and got insulted by it, 
but definitely because Gu Zhang arrested all his people and had him executed, An Lushan started his rebellion. The An Lushan Rebellion is considered one of the deadliest wars in history. Some estimates say that between 13 and 36 million people died. What? It's hard to pin that number down. One of the reasons that it's such a broad spectrum mm. is that because they're going off of census numbers before and after the war. So they think that part of the issue is that after the war, they the country was so broken that they just didn't have the money or the manpower to conduct an accurate census. So they oh. might not have gotten a good count. So okay. it might have seemed like more people died than did. But either way, millions and millions of people. Holy shit. Yeah. Uh, anyway, fast forwarding through a bunch of very fascinating military history for another podcast. <laughs> An Lushan eventually took the last defensive post that sat before the capital city. It was called Tong Pass. And he declared himself emperor of the new Yen dynasty. Mm. With the capital city of Chang'an soon to fall afterwards, the emperor Yang Guifei, her cousin Yang Guizhong, the eunuch Gao Lixia, and the crown prince Li Sheng all had to flee the city. They took mm. their imperial guard. You know, I mean, it's the emperor fleeing the cities. So they took all his tents sure, and his sure, tea sure. service. His and slow his, retreat. Yeah, <laughs> and, and they got the hell out of there. All his books. As stuff. fast as they slowly and comfortably could. <laughs> <laughs> but An Lushan was actually really sick. Mm. And though he'd sent his forces to capture Chang'an, he stayed behind in Luyang. He was nearly blind, he had terrible ulcers, he was paranoid and angry, so he flogged his sons and generals regularly. Eventually, one of his sons, who was fighting for succession, went into Lushan's room at night with a sword. Lushan heard him and started trying to reach for a sword that he kept under his bed, but he flailed around and he couldn't find it. And his son sliced Lushan's belly open, and Lushan shouted, quote, a thief of my own household, and died. On the road fleeing the capital, the Imperial Guards were getting restless. They hadn't eaten in days. They had left behind their homes and their families. Now, I don't know what Yang Guizhong said that was the last straw for these guys. I'm, I'm assuming that he's sitting there like eating a burrito and being like, boy, things are really tough, aren't they? Like, the soldiers are all starving, staring at him like, ooh, this fucking guy. Where did you get the burrito? <laughs> and they all turned on him. Mm. Now, again, already a lot of history with the Yang family here, but they saw these guys come to power. Everyone knew what Yang Guzhang had been doing, which was failing, which was helping himself. Mm -hmm. And also goading on Lushan into this war. So they blamed him. They said, you know, this is all your fault, dude. You pushed Lushan into this rebellion. You ruined our military. You corrupted the government. Mm. And right there on the road, they killed him, his son, and two of Yang Guifei's sisters. Oh, damn. Then the soldiers surrounded the emperor's tent. Zhuanzong came out and he tried to chill everybody out, say, you need to disperse. Mm -hmm. Everything's cool here. Oh no, you killed Yang Guzhang, who cares? Whatever. That's fine. <laughs> let's let's uh, let bygones be bygones, and we'll just we'll we'll talk about this tomorrow. Mm -hmm. But they wouldn't leave. Mm -mm. They were demanding to execute Yang Guifei as well. They said she's the one who brought her family in here. She's the one who gave her cousin that position that ruined the empire. She's at fault for all of this. 
I guess they couldn't be like, you cut this right. lady, Emperor. <laughs> right. like, I guess they couldn't do that. After a lot of debate and anger and sadness, Xuanzang realized that he was not going to be able to save her. He requested that rather than executing her right there, she be allowed to go to a Buddhist shrine and be ordered to commit suicide. They accepted, and the eunuch Gao Li Shi escorted her. He then reported back that she hanged herself from a tree outside a monastery with a silken rope given to her by the emperor. Our spirits belong together like these precious fragments. Sometime in earth or heaven, we shall meet again. And she sent these words by the Taoist to remind him of their midnight vow, secret between them. On that seventh night of the herd boy and the weaver, in the silent palace we declared our dream was to fly together in the sky, two birds on the same wing, to grow together on the earth, two branches of one tree. Earth fades, heaven fades at the end of days, but everlasting sorrow endures always. Ugh. Crown Prince Li Sheng went to the city of Lin Wu and he declared himself Emperor Suzong without his father's knowledge. But when Emperor Xuanzang heard about this, he just abdicated the throne. He was like, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. <laughs> um, he did stay on as the retired emperor, which was a very powerful position. Uh, you know, plenty of politics mm -hmm. ensued after that. The capital city was retaken, and Lushan's sons, who had assumed his power, were defeated. But the Tang Dynasty never rose to its glory again. Wow. Yeah. Everlasting sorrow. I know, and he was. He was sad for the rest of his life. Very I mean, miserable. Uh, it's sad, too, that he starts out so strong. Yeah. He could have left this legacy of, like, this golden era right. and all this wonderful power and prosperity. Yeah. And instead, his legacy is his everlasting regret. Right. Right. Because really he was, sad. He was doing a good job at the beginning there. Uh, we talked in the previous episode, probably largely because of Empress uh, Wang, Wang. That's right. Who was his wife. Mm -hmm. And they seemed to be really solid together. I mean, they got married before he was in power, but... I think he just let it get to his head. Mm -hmm. He was one of these guys who was like, you can't be jealous of me. I'm allowed to I'm allowed to mess around with whoever I want and uh, do what I want. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I mean, again, and also he just had all these people in his ear all the time. Yeah, especially especially when someone's trying to not be a corrupt ruler. I feel like that's when the corrupt people come in and they're like, oh, now's my time. Oh, yeah. Now I'm going to now I, I can. I got a blank canvas here to work with. Kind of. Yeah. I, I, it does seem that way a lot of the time, at yeah. least in, you know, I guess in history too, but especially in fiction, they're like, yes, right. a righteous man can be led by yeah. the nose. Uh -huh. As long as he feels like he's doing a moral or ethical thing, you can really get him to do some crazy shit. Uh, interestingly, of course, we see that Yang Guifei was led to a temple and then hanged herself. Mm -hmm. Gao Lisha, the eunuch, told us so, right? Right. Well, there is a Japanese myth that she actually escaped to Japan. Oh. And lived there the rest of her days, happy and singing a song. Curvy and hot. Curvy and hot, yeah. All living right. life. Um, I like that. So it, that'd be nice. I like that. That'd be nice. It feels wrong to for her to take all the blame. Oh, no, yeah. I mean, there's one thing that she, you know, she was definitely 
working an angle. Mm-hmm. She definitely was like, yeah, I'll marry this old man to become the most powerful right. woman in the kingdom. Sure. But of course she did. And of course she was looking out for her fam. Right. You know, That's what, she doesn't seem as conniving as Wu. Like, no. like not as planning and plotting. I think she was more just like, let me let me get my family some nice houses mm-hmm. and some nice jobs and less like, let me convince you to kill your own kids right. so that mine can be the emperor. Like, you know, she wasn't. Yeah, you're right. She wasn't as conniving. She wasn't as evil. She's probably more like, one day I'm going to be older and I'm not going to be cute anymore and yeah. he's going to drop me like a hot brick. So yeah. I'm just going to try to get what I can get while I can. Right, right. I could see that. So let's hope she got out. Um, you know, there's various versions of the story. Others are that Gaulisha brought her body back. Mm-hmm. Um, others say that uh, after two months, the emperor sent men back to collect her body and it wasn't there. So he just built a temple in her memory. Oh. Um, so, you know, hard to say. She might have gotten away. That'd That's what cool I would do. Did. I would be like, yes, Gaulisha, take me somewhere where I can hang myself mm-hmm. far away from here. Right. Bye. Does Tell him like I did. Gaulisha would be like, you know what? We can just. He was always liked her, you know. Get you on a boat. Yeah. Send you over to Fiji. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Here's 50 bucks. You know, good luck out there. Mm -hmm. Here's 50 bucks. That's more than Madonna had when she showed up in New York. Hey, and look what she did. I don't know if I'd call Madonna a thick queen. No, no, she's not. Who's a good, she's like the Lizzo of her time, Yang Weifei. Yeah, she's a little bit. That's pretty cool. Um. Yeah, it is cool. It's a tragic love story. It is a tragic love story. I mean, you know, it's a bunch of people being dumb. I'm just mad at the emperor's one song. I feel like he made bad decisions yeah. a lot of the time. He all let his dick control him yes. in a really stupid way. His dick and all the dicks around him. And all the dicks around him, yep. yeah. But it's like so annoying and, and of course destructive when you have a ruler who does not seem to care about the responsibility of... Yeah. You know, you're supposed to care about a whole country. It's not just about you. Yeah. I know you get a lot of trappings and a lot of people kissing your ass. But, you know, if you don't feel the weight of like, I could impoverish this whole nation. Right. People will die if I make the wrong decision. Yeah. Uh, if you don't have that in your brain at all, look what happens. You yeah. have an entire prosperous, stable country broken into pieces by the end of his life. It's the trick where, you know, sometimes you say, I, I often think this myself. The like the best rulers are people who don't want to be rulers. Right. Um, but that's not really true because a lot of the times people who don't want to be rulers don't do their job. That's right. And they just chill and they just absorb all the pleasures mm-hmm. and none of the responsibilities. So you really just need someone who like wants to be a ruler but doesn't want the perks. <laughs> huh. Like, I like living a boring life uh-huh. in a right. in a in a loft apartment somewhere. Mm-hmm. I don't care. About all the money and sex and drugs. Yeah. Um, so if you're good out lo- there. Good luck finding that guy. Because <laughs> I think the problem is you might feel that way and then you do get them. Yeah. And you start to be like, well, this is nice. Oh, I'm used to this. Now I want more of that. You know, it's such an easy slope to fall down. I know I've quoted this on the show before. My grandfather had right. a saying and I agree with him. And it was what the world really needs is a benevolent dictator, but I just don't have the time. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I feel. Oh, man. I'm too busy. But I love this story. It's I love this drama. I love the, the royal family shenanigans. Mm-hmm. Uh, every time we get into these, it's so chaotic. It's so... 
I mean, you know, we reduced this down to like four or five characters. Right. If you go to these sources, these books, a lot of Wikipedia, because a lot of these translations, you know, are right. hard to find. But there's just hundreds of people all scheming against each other. I mean, Li Lin Fu had like nine or 12 guys all working for him, doing things, and they're all getting exposed and killed and overpowering each other and stabbing each other in the back. It's chaos. I love it. Again, <laughs> need a big TV show out of this so we can really get the full scale. Or I guess you could read a book, but... Um... <laughs> I guess you could read a book. But I want to see it. Seems like we need like a Korean soap opera because it'll go on for like 300 episodes. Yeah, this could use about 300 episodes. You would episodes. need it. Yeah. I mean, you would need it. Yeah. For sure. And the poetry was pretty too. Oh, I love this poem. Um, it's pretty. hard to find like one big long stretch of this poem translated, mm -hmm. but you can find pieces of it all over. Mm -hmm. um, and it's very beautiful. Yeah. 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 We hope you enjoyed this story, too. Yeah. You'll have to let us know. We just love hearing from you. So if you have any comments or questions or anything you want to share with us about your favorite birthday, <laughs> way to celebrate <laughs> your birthday, or if you just want to wish Eli a happy birthday. Sure. Please reach out. Our email is ridicromance at gmail.com. That's right. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at, oh, great. It's Eli. I'm at Dynamite Boom. And the show is at Ridic Romance. And we love you for spending your time with us. Yep, As absolutely. Uh, don't forget to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, and that'll be your invitation to my birthday party. That's we'll right. see you then. <laughs> <laughs> Catch you on the next episode. Bye. Bye-bye. So long, friends. It's time to go. Thanks for listening to our show. Tell your friends, neighbors, uncles, and aunts to listen to our show, Ridiculous Romance. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.